We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D&D with the Cave Trolls. Because it looks like a big fluffy dead cat on top of your mic, I guess. Oh, oh! I thought you were talking about a digital gate that you can put on. You're saying like you have, oh, a, no. you have a pop filter. A pop, no, pop filter fil- and a dead cat. I got you. Yeah, yeah. pop filters. Yeah, different. Dead cat is the fuzzy thing you can put on top of your mic that looks like fur. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have both now. Good job. Look at you. You're so professional. Much profesh. Much profesh. Much very such dead cat. Very dead cat and pop filter. Wow. I make it pop. I think it's a wind muff, if I believe correctly. If it's like the thing that you put on a boom mic. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the same texture you put on a boom mic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's called a wind muff. But dead cat is also apt. Like (laughs) it makes sense. It looks like a dead cat. Oh, man. Um, and if you don't know, this is the Cave Trolls podcast, the only podcast where we talk about dead cats, but also TTRPG <laughs> news sometimes, if you want it. My name is Terry Smith, and with me, as always, one half the Slavenly Trolls, Sharday, how you doing? I'm doing great. Perfect. Uh, you saw, I definitely believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was supposed to be threatening. And the better half of the Slavenly Trolls, Lissa, how you doing? Yes, it's me, Lissa, the better one, the bestest one. Hello. <laughs> uh, and I, I want to apologize to all the listeners out there. Last week, my mic cut out a little bit at a couple of parts. You didn't actually miss any information. Like, there was just pauses there anyways, but uh, Discord didn't like the fact that we paused. So, <laughs> just so you know, um, you didn't miss too much. But I want you to keep an eye out, you two. Just let me know if I cut out anywhere so I can mark in the okay. time code so I don't annoy people with it. Okay. Okay, um, okay. And I got a new mic on the way too, so we should improve woo-hoo! in general. Yeah. Um, don't woo too hard. It came out of our revenue, so. <laughs> Ooh, but that's what it's there for. <laughs> it, it kind of. I mean, it's, it didn't come out of this year's revenue. It came out of, like when we were saving for a long time, and I paid the taxes. I got some of that tax money back personally, and I was like, right. "Oh, cool! I can put this towards you know feeding my children." And then my mic died. I was like, "Or I don't." Um, <laughs> or not. <laughs> oh no man! Kids. Also, speaking of money that we have to spend instead of being able to enjoy it, we had to buy books for this month. Uh, when are we doing the recording for um, "Bitches and Books" for this month? This month of March. I know what month it is. This, I mean, the week of the thirteenth. Week of the thirteenth. So that's we are recording on the 10th uh so that's next week but this comes out when uh comes out on the 13th <laughs> it, yeah, it usually comes out today um the 10th and it comes out monday the 13th for the public exactly yeah mm, yeah so well, soon yeah that 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 week we will be recording <laughs> so if you get the chance read hemlock and sage uh coyote and crow novel um i'm enjoying it so far it is a big boy just so you know and it is a little bit more skewed towards a younger audience, which I didn't know before I started reading it. Um, by no means is that like an early, early like criticism. I wasn't like, oh, fuck this, this is for teenagers. It was just interesting. I was like, oh, actually, I probably could hand this to a younger person. Um, yeah. So that those are my early thoughts so far. <laughs> but it's a big boy. I did not expect it to be so thick. I was like, oh, shit, I need to hustle through this. 
Yeah, it's almost it's it's almost like five hundred pages. Yeah, big. It's very yeah. big, very big girl. Big girl. <laughs> I did. Big I just didn't expect it. I guess I thought it was gonna be there, but it's the introduction to that whole setting for for people who aren't playing the RPG. Kind of makes sense yeah. that it's gonna be that big. So if you yeah. want to want to read along and join us early on. Go ahead and start reading now. You're going to need the time. But otherwise, it's going to be up on our Patreon, Campy Kill Creation. No, patreon.com slash Campy Kill Creations. You know, drop a buck or two. You can check that out. That's all the housekeeping I have for you. Let's get into the news. First up is our Bits and Bobs section. Let's talk about all the new different games and supplements coming out right now. First up, the One Ring Tales from the Lone Lands. Uh, The One Ring is the Lord of the Rings RPG, if you don't know. And they just have a new expansion coming out. I'm really excited for it. I finally got to play a one-shot. Um, and it's a good time. I, I really Ooh. like the game. And uh, if you've been watching the Rings of Power, uh, there's a little bit towards the beginning that's set in the, the Lone Lands, which is like the northwestern region of Middle-earth. You don't see a lot in the, the books and stuff. Um, it's creepy and wintry and... Uh, you know, there's old buildings and monsters and giant eagles as one does in Lord of the Rings. So, uh, not too much information, but this is going to be like a sprawling, like, plan of expansions. Um, I believe it's going to be like something like six books. So, um, yeah, so, sorry, six adventures set in the Lone Lands is what this expansion is going to include. So, not six books, but six separate, um adventures so does this do anything for you i know sharday you're a gigantic fan of I'm, lord of the rings i'm true I, i've already tuned out <laughs> <laughs> this is your and Lissa's thing i i've got nothing to say go on have fun <laughs> have fun <laughs> Lissa, what, what does this do for you hi everyone i'm excited um i as a lord of the rings fan um i am being showered with new lord of the rings stuff and i am here for it uh you give me a tv show you promise me new movies as long as you don't remake the old ones um yeah i will take new movies in the lord of the rings you know universe i didn't even contemplate that they might remake because they said they were going to make new movies but you know we don't know what shape Mm -hmm. that's going to take they probably just got the okay go ahead that it's going to happen so they put out the tweet i didn't even think they might remake them god i don't want that I mean, remake the Hobbit. Worst... Remake the Hobbit. Make that two movies instead of three. I'd be into that. But... Exactly. Like, don't don't touch the originals. They are sacred. They are um. They are my Bible. Um. Don't <laughs> touch them. And I like that your Bible is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't Listen. say everything about Lisa. Listen, I'm a visual person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you dig it. Your book club. What? <laughs> <laughs> the book club was your idea. <laughs> yeah, I what books? <laughs> she's watching the movie version of Hemlock and Saves as well. That's why she's going oh, through yeah. so much faster. Uh, no, I I don't like Lord of the Rings as much as other people. I have a really deep appreciation for it because of how it really spawned what we think of as like modern fantasy um i just don't love the original books as much i think they're really good it's just like better books have learned from them so i my appreciation is more of like a academic nature rather than oh i love all the little bits of lore but i really love occupying that world i love the video game set in the setting i still love watching the movies reading the books just not as much as other people but the rpg especially playing that one shot i like it is such a place where you can kind of build upon that stuff and uh you don't have to know everything about 
the world to play in it. And it's just so, I don't know, it's like warm, even though there's scary shit trying to kill you in it, just like in every fantasy setting. There's just something almost nostalgic about uh, playing in the world. So I'm really excited about the expansions, oh. even though I haven't even gone through like the original adventure or anything <laughs> like that. But Yeah. <laughs> Peter's out conversation after uh, Ernest uh, drop. We gotta stop, gotta stop using feelings here. It just makes everybody uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> Listen, feelings are hard, okay? Feelings are hard. Well, moving on, Pathfinder. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Lissa, help me out here. It's Tianxia. Thank you. World Guide and Character Guide coming out. Um, this was like a big deal. Um, not only because of, you know, people being excited for this book, people, um, I'm going to read right from the tweet because it's actually very aptly to explain. We at Paizo would like to issue an apology. The fans have been asking us to make a new book in this setting, and we have not done this. We will make two in the first four, uh, volume AP, announcing the Lost Omens and the World Guide Character Guide, uh, Seasons of the Ghost Adventure Path. So they have a shit ton of stuff coming out in that setting. Can you pronounce it for me one more time and I'll try? Tianxia. 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 Xia. Yeah. Xia. Uh, I will get it. Oh, I will just start yelling it um, uh, uh, over and over again until my neighbors think that uh, I keep getting punched in the gut or something. Um, I, <laughs> I apologize that I have no skill in language. Um, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't try. Um... I just need it's to apologize for existing. I mean, it kind of is. I, I don't like like making the excuse like, I grew up in Michigan, so I can't talk, right? No, that's on me. I could learn better. Um, I've been learning uh, Belarusian, and uh, that is almost impossible for me. But I originally was trying to learn a few different languages, and I just, I have no talent for it. Um, that's okay. Gifted kid burnout is a real thing. Let's keep going. So... <laughs> I want to talk about the list of people that worked on this because it is huge. Uh, did you see the tweet that I had put up earlier with all of the different people from the community? There are lines on lines on lines of names. But uh, first two I want to throw out there uh, that people are going to appreciate. Banana Chan and Connie Chang are yeah. both working on this. Um, yeah. I, I could keep going. There's, there's a fuck ton of other people that you've seen in many other books, really, really good books, which gave me a lot of hope for this because I, I always fear a little bit when you see like an east asian book pop up no matter from what company but a lot of companies are run by people that look like me and i don't want another oriental adventures type situation um so it was just really really heartening to see that they have people of color working on the book mm -hmm. um and it's represented like i think the asians represent podcasts actually represented in the, in yeah. the book is like yeah. i was like oh okay cool i don't have to feel uncomfortable immediately when i see this tweet <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I feel like it's a justified worry, right? It, yeah, it's it is. Yeah, but I was so excited when I saw this on Twitter when because I follow a lot of the people um, from Asians Represent who have appeared on the podcast, and when all of them, like at the point where this came out, when all of them were like, "Oh, we're so excited to announce," and then tagging all the friends that have been on that, and. I just, the amount of pure joy that I just got from that of like, oh my god, all of these people from that podcast have worked on this book. 
it was awesome. Who who put out the tweet? I don't remember which which one it was, but they were like, I can't tag all the people that I want to tag that worked on this book. I think it was Daniel. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I can't, I can't, there's too many names to put that we all work yeah. on this shit, which is so cool. It's a good so problem cool. to have. It's a great exactly. problem to have, especially with, that was an issue that Pathfinder had earlier on in the years. I don't know if people remember some of that stuff, but not giving credit properly, but also just like not spending the money on getting good people's input on some of their products uh they were just like no we made it it's good trust us um so that was like some early controversy with with pathfinder originally and we've seen a million times you know D not reaching out to their cultural consultants that they claim they had um so it's really cool to see them putting the work because i bet you it wasn't cheap a lot of the people on that list are gigantic names in um the ttrpg space so i imagine that this wasn't a cheap book for them to put out so i'm glad they put the work in and the money you know put their money where their mouth is Mm -hmm. uh because don't forget pathfinder is a very big company yeah yeah uh big big guy but i'm really excited i i haven't wanted to check out second edition for a while i've been pivoting more towards some more generic games like i have a GURPS game coming up but this might make me uh check out some pathfinder stuff uh second edition was really cool for a lot of reasons it's a little bit crunchier than i like my table um Char, what about you have you thought about checking out anything pathfinder since the big D debacles uh for my own personal campaign mm-hmm. no okay. um, <laughs> but uh i mean i'm not opposed to uh playing in the system by any means but uh i i put i've sunk too many hours into my own campaign to switch systems i don't have that part of my brain doesn't brain very well i like sticking to one thing and like at least writing it out but i'm i've been recommended pathfinder by many people especially 2e because of all the positive changes that they've been making yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say go back to pathfinder 1e unless you really really like dnd 3.5 and I have no memories of D&D 3.5. I played it, like, over 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it, it's still, like, it, it still works. Like, mechanically, it's got some awesome shit. Um, and so does Pathfinder 2E. Uh, but I just, 5th edition, as much as it bothers me sometimes, where I'm like, well, if I'm going to min-max, like, I'm playing Final Fantasy, everyone should have an axe or whatever, you know? Like, there's so many things like that where, like, there's no mechanical difference between holding a baton and using a staff or whatever. Bad example, because there yeah. is, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, I so Pathfinder has that part, but then, because of that, same problem with 3.5, is you get further into it, you have to min-max if you're playing even remotely raw. Like, if you're even going close to the rules, you won't survive unless you're trying really hard to build a really powerful character. Which, I know people who would really love that, but I don't think I'm one of those players. Definitely not. I, I've played with you. With you we have a similar <laughs> wavelength on that. I do not think we'd have fun with that. I exist on vibes. 100%. <laughs> the, the cool thing about a system like that, because similar to D&D, you don't have to use all the rules of Pathfinder. So if you have... so true yeah like if you have a crunchier player at your table you can still run this new setting and and do that and have that person really satisfied with how much crunch they can get into and everybody (laughs) else can ignore it like we do at our table (laughs) (laughs) that was that was a cool thing about our our new campaign that we're starting up today with gurps was you and my wife emily kind of find out like oh okay like we can go really crunchy with it but it doesn't really matter and then the one really crunchy player we have at our table was like oh my god i could do this 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 and this and i was like perfect as long as you're happy man because everyone else is gonna roll when i say roll and not roll when i don't say roll and then we're gonna you know have our characters sleep with all the npcs because that's what we do at our games so 
Yeah, like, obvious. That's how you win D and D. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited for that. It might make me check it out. Um, they've already had some pretty good representation. I don't know again who created it, but just when it comes to like the folklore, like I'm thinking of the the Kitsune um, specifically from Pathfinder 2E. There's just a lot of stuff that isn't doesn't at least seem as appropriated as it does in D&D partly cuz the game was just created a lot a lot later um so there was already some cooler aspects of eastern mythology that you don't see in D&D at least not done well um so i'm really excited for that moving on monsters of the week codex of the worlds is up on backer kit um 15 new team playbooks five new settings 400 plus pages of new possibilities to explore um get ready for new monsters new realms and all the other cool stuff that comes with monsters of the week have either one of you checked out monsters of the week or anything from evil hat productions I don't think i have unless we've talked about it before on this podcast i'm, I'm sure we, they, they put on a lot of expansions and a lot of people make third party okay. content for monsters I, of the week i did play monsters of the week Ooh, uh, Lisa. Ooh. Ah. hello so what do you <laughs> tell us about monsters of the week what do you like about it are you excited about this new pdf uh give us the lowdown um i so i played a one shot with um uh, our friend Megan, okay, uh, who we've talked about before, um, and I got to play. I believe I played. What did I play? Uh, basically, you get to choose between um, different classes, and they're sort of pre-generated, and you sort of pick between multiple choice options for your character. Um, so it's very simple, very easy to get it into. You, it sort of guides you to create um, a little bit of a backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, for your character um and i played a badass I, I don't think i was a hunter but i was um not the professional maybe i was the hunter you might have been the hunter uh, which is like the buffy the vampire slayer class. yeah yeah i think i did that one and i got like a motorbike um and i got um can i just say I... that's the most european thing you've ever said on this podcast is motorbike <laughs> I'm saying something. She said a lot of. I know, right? Every time she talks about healthcare, but uh. <laughs> Listen, okay. My dad had um his uh, midlife crisis and bought a Harley Davidson. So, um... <laughs> I like how even even Europeans cannot escape the dad needing the the Harley Davidson American hog. Like it just it, it just infiltrates everywhere. Oh my god. But yeah, it, it's easier to get into. Um, it was very interesting with combat because, uh, like, that was the weirdest thing for about it for me, um, because it was there was no or the way we played it, there was no initiative rolled, so you just tell people what you do, yeah. which yeah. is interesting that's powered by the apocalypse man like that's yeah. uh, that's that is what it is like again i you, everyone knows my issues that's why i'm really glad that you've played monsters of the week i loved monsters of the week for everything minus powered by the apocalypse because <laughs> it's just not for me but i love the aesthetic i love the it's like it's, like i said it's 
uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I'm always really excited that people are getting expansions of it. Plus, people really, really dig Monster of the Week. I hear about it probably more than any other Powered by the Apocalypse other than Thirsty Sword Lesbians, which is the second mm-hmm. one I hear the most about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited for people to get this new expansion um, with a bunch of new playbooks, which are their classes if you've played Powered by the Apocalypse. Um, and Codex of the World specifically it has a focus on like more fantastical monsters um and you can put them in any you know world that you want to set into um but it's pretty exciting listen do you think you're gonna go back to monsters of the week to play again after that one shot i think it was a lot of fun and i do want to like play other ttrpgs and different systems as well so i do want to play more monster of the week as well um it was very interesting and very fun to play we had a lot of fun with the even people that I didn't didn't know, and I do recommend um, if anyone has the chance to uh, shout out to Megan for being a great DM. Um, shout out to Megan just in general. Just in general, yeah, just always general. shout out to Megan. And also, uh, she does DM um, on different. Uh, so she's a professional DM. So shout Profesh. out to her for being great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she is yeah, paid to do play. it. That's how good she is. Think about how much better she is than you right now, listener. Go exactly. watch her or listen to her do it because it actually pops up. Um, actually does actual plays sometimes. Um, does she sell those services, though? Because I saw something recently. I really wish I could pull up the article. It was somebody had a failed actual play. Like, not failed is a strong word. People watched it. They made money off of it. But it wasn't enough. And But enough of their people that were watching were like, Hey, I know that you're going to cancel the podcast. But we would like to just pay you to run this game. We really we really dug the setting. So they just pivoted from being a personality to just doing the home game for people and became a professional GM just outside mm. of the limelight kind of thing. Mm. Um, so maybe that's something I can reach out to Megan and ask about because I find that, that fascinating. And yeah. I, I used to want to do it, and then I had been paid to do it. And I was like, "This is awful. <laughs> I don't like any of these people. <laughs> I don't want to play. I don't want to run the game for you." <laughs> I feel like it's definitely hit or miss for sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a different. There, there has to be a different like context for DMing when you are paid to do it versus right. doing it just either with your friends or like in a local community. I feel like it's just a completely different, you know, ball game really. So that'd be really interesting to learn more about for sure. Yeah. I, I, it just, it, it fascinates me on a number of levels. I just think uh, I'm not uh, enough of a people person to do that. <laughs> man. I don't like people nearly enough. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, moving on to our last game in the bits and bobs section, you're in space and everything's fucked. Um, a gruesome, a gruesome sci-fi horror RPG by Nevin Holmes. I'm really excited, just purely on the name and the vibes alone from You're in Space and Everything's Fucked. Um, it's available up on Kickstarter right now. It's so close to its goal. It's got like still about a month left. It's at twenty four thousand, and it needs twenty eight thousand um, to get launched. I'm gonna read a little bit from the story, but the one thing I want to mention about this is. Unlike a lot of games that pop up on Kickstarter, this one's got a demo available, so you can download it and check it out right now and see if you actually do want to back the kit. 
Um, your steps echo down the once pristine halls of the GSV Capital Gallivant. Your waypoint leading you in the direction of what's supposed to be a cache of supplies, maybe even a friendly face. You can hear horrible klaxons in the distant parts of the sector you're in, and gurgling monstrous screams moving closer. Something with too many limbs darts across the end of the corridor, thankfully without noticing you. You know you probably won't survive another run-in with one of those things, not with your arm in the state that it's in. You catch yourself letting out a sign of relief. You just need to get to the waypoint. You just need to survive. You just need to make it. You're in space and everything's fucked. Um, and I love that pitch. It's like, you know, something straight out of Alien. Uh, it's for two to five players. There's a deck of cards involved. You know, classic, all of these, uh, you know, more off-the-wall RPGs. Um, nothing I saw in the kit immediately was like, oh, that's new, necessarily. I just really like the setting and the marketing of it. Have you two had a chance to check anything out about this? No, I hadn't heard about Briefly. it until you t- posted. Oh, Calissa did. This did her homework. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I I caught it on the Twitter sphere. So I was gonna say, this is the one that sent this to me. It makes sense that she is. is I, I did her homework. I looked into it enough to be like, "Ooh, this looks really interesting," and then um, look at how it was uh, video game influenced. Um, mm-hmm. I believe. And, like, I really love the visual language that it's using um, for its branding. Yeah, it um, seems way and... easier to play than most of these games that pop up. Even ones that are also card-based. Like, yeah. uh, very simple. It's like, well, you have the book for the setting and the book for the players. And uh, all together, I think it's only, like, 100 pages. Um, you don't have to prep. You can just pick up and play. Uh, I'm really, really excited to check out some of the maps and stuff that they've shown. Um, just to see, like... That's probably the way that you would expand it is like different ships and different planets. Yeah, probably. Um, also, the fact that they don't like it, like you said, it's kind of video game inspired and very horror inspired. Mm-hmm. It's you're yeah. supposed to die. Like you're not yeah. you're not losing if your characters go down that game. Like okay, let's roll up a new one. Um, let's generate a new monster. We can do the same building if we want. Like I yeah. I like the idea that you could repeat in the same night almost if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. stuff seems that, pretty cool. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, and you can pick up the digital edition for 30 bucks, 60 if you want the printed version, which also comes with the cards. Uh, and, and you can also get both. If you are an early backer, 60 bucks gets you both the print and PDF version, which is always a good combo. Highly recommend it so you can have somebody control F and search up the mechanic that, <laughs> that you need. Uh, even if you're like, oh, I like having the physical book. We all do. But let's be honest. It's really fucking hard to find that one word that is a mechanic that's never mentioned anywhere else in the book. Every yeah. single RPG, no matter how good your book is, has that one thing that's not where it's supposed to be. And uh, you have somebody who's like, well, I have 15 sticky notes and that's not not one of them uh so control f is your friend anyways <laughs> sorry <laughs> i got triggered a little bit there but it comes from dino berry press i haven't seen anything else they've done have you two heard of dino berry press before they've created four other games in the past but i don't think i've backed any of them. i've never heard of them i don't think it's not one that i immediately recognize same same i i just i'm on the kickstarter a lot i'm surprised they did hell piercers tactical heroine action Navathum's End, The Zone RPG, Rune, Soul Burner, The Price of Coal. Yeah, they have a lot. Oh, no, those are the ones they backed. I apologize. Um, created, Just a Car, um, and then Gun and Slinger, which was a Game of Mystery. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Anyways, check out Dino Press, uh, Dino Berry Press. 
Moving on to our new segment, The Thieves' Cant. You can't see, but I'm signing right now in Thieves' Cant um, the rumors and juicy tidbits that we're going to talk about in this section. This is the one that isn't full of, uh, you know, sources and quotes. This is our conjecture area. This is where we've kind of heard something through the grapevine, and we're going to talk about it. You know, the TMZ way, um, but probably <laughs> still with more scruples and sources than TMZ. Because sometimes TMZ just likes to make shit up. Um, and we're not uh-huh. making anything up. We're just talking about what we've heard. Um, and what we've heard this week is talk of a creator summit. I haven't seen anything official about this as of recording. By the time it comes out, they might actually have officially announced it. But D&D seems to have been courting several content creators, which we'll get into in a little bit on why it's a little sus that it's just content creators specifically. Um, but, uh, several different tweets talking about how they've been invited to this creator summit. Um, and in effect, uh, bolster goodwill it seems uh with the movie coming around uh they're the normal content creators have been getting the boxes with all of the movie merch with the character sheets mm-hmm. and the books that are coming out with it um but some other people have been getting that box as well as an additional one inviting them to a press junket basically um char what have you heard uh what, what are you seeing in the twitter sphere i started catching wind of this literally yesterday mm-hmm. um when a couple of people that i follow on twitter um i don't have them listed right now but i know uh critical bard is one of them uh and uh they were talking about being like oh i'm really proud to announce that i've been invited to and they tagged wizards underscore D, like the wizards D like uh, creator summit and on like later this March and you'll be hearing you know more about it and I'm really excited for this opportunity and like I I started seeing that post like basically almost verbatim from a bunch of different people on Twitter yes and so I started uh, investigating and being and like looked at the Wizards D and D Twitter to see if they announced anything that I had maybe missed and they hadn't so I was just like what is the creator summit. Um, who all are they inviting? Because obviously it's not just people on my feed. There are probably a bunch of people that I don't follow that are also being invited to this. And what is it for? Is it for the movie? Is it for uh, one D&D? Is it for another 5e thing that they're putting out? Is it in general? Is it a press junket? Is it like, <laughs> a tiny convention? Like, I, we have no idea what it is, but a couple of people are talking, well, not more than a couple, like a good handful of people are talking about it and pretty like big names, I would say, big internet personalities. You could call them influencers, but really like they're just like, they enjoy the game and they talk about it and they're not like big influencers like you think on like TikTok and YouTube. They're like tiny little like TTRPG influencers with a big reach, I guess. Um, so... That's really all I know about. <laughs> that, that's really all there is right now, aside from that and the bigger conversations that have popped up from it, which we're going to get into in Eye of the Beholder. But a little bit yeah. about it is specifically the people that weren't invited is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that uh, do handle making products in the D&D space, mm-hmm. as well as you know other types of content creators, writers, editors, that type of thing, artists aren't being invited these are a lot of names um that just kind of cover the game in general but specifically we're less than critical when it came to 
all of the one D&D outrage, uh, specifically. And not a lot of people that were like, hey, this fucking sucks, are popping up on that list, which is interesting. Uh, almost no journalists, either, um, from what Lab. I've seen, which is also a mm -hmm. little bit, like, uh, we need this to be a positive event, and, uh... Uh, so I'm guessing this is probably more related to one D&D than anything else. I'm guessing this is going to be kind of like tie-in to the movie stuff. But, hey, we actually have some one D&D stuff to show. And we want to use this to bolster it and say, hey, we heard voices from the community at our summit. Um, but they didn't invite anybody who makes games so far as from what I've seen. And I get it. It's an echo chamber. This is all anecdotal. Um, but, <laughs> but it is interesting to see that I haven't seen anybody who are like, yeah, I write RPGs say i've been invited to this summit so um yeah. specifically i have a, a couple of tweets like from jenny loveday who started this gigantic awesome conversation with uh laura hersbronner just talking about like well yeah like who's getting invited to this and uh why aren't we kind of expanding it why isn't this covering the people that actually make these games um and then why isn't anybody who was critical of when D, &D which are the voices that we'd want in the room which they claimed they also wanted in the room invited as well um which i think we could probably get into in our eye of the beholder section i just want to throw it out there because that's who i first heard about it from um okay. so lissa i want to hear your take what do you think this might be you kind of heard what me and char have information on what are you thinking so far for me it kind of sounds like a pr move mm -hmm. it sounds like we need more eyes on this we want more hype on this we want a certain kind of publicity for this mm -hmm. and people who make games maybe don't have that kind of publicity and that kind of reach that they want to go for that kind of uh it goes viral mm -hmm. sort of thing because that's not the kind of like whereas you know they they are appreciated in the industry that's not like the vibe they want from it they want it to go viral they want it to be photographed they want influencers they want you know the publicity it 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 it, it just screams pr stunt publicity stunt to me 100 percent. we're like this they'll build hype without going hey that seems fucking off <laughs> you know like they're like how can we make this the biggest um get the biggest reach the biggest like wow pop and like make a dent in entertainment and ttrpgs like how can we get people to know what's going on mm -hmm. first of all hush hush no uh no formal uh announcement of the thing you reach out to influencers and you tell them hey you can tweet about this but you're not allowed to give out any information whatsoever yeah we don't want but, randos showing up yeah but you can tag <laughs> you can tag us but and basically it's just like a bunch of rules that they can and cannot do but there's nothing official and therefore mm -hmm. you're creating this like intrigue this mystery it just it's just all like a pr stunt what from what i'm seeing yeah it just seems so silly and i honestly wouldn't care about this at all this is not a strange thing for hasbro D D to do watsky anything like that or even any other company to do but when you call it a creator summit uh, <laughs> like yeah. that's a bold it's very very <sighs> interesting word choice and especially it a especially summit. when all eyes are on wizards right like, right they, they learn nothing 
they have to be so careful. So I kind of like benefit of the doubt, kind of feel a little bit bad because I'm sure some of the people there are doing this and maybe this is going to be a great thing. Maybe they're invite because I see a lot of the people on my feed, thankfully, are people of color. They're people from minority groups. That's so they're cool. not just inviting the, um, you know, the type of people who have been giving their opinions about the game to listening years for years and years. They are opening up invitations to people whose voices are now thankfully finally after so many years you know being, being heard. heard and yeah. their influence is being taken seriously so that is a good thing that is coming from this like the two people that i immediately th- thought of were critical bard and um kp from kp 11 studios i think was the other one i Okay, and they were critical of of one D and D and stuff. They so, were. so that's good to yeah, hear that there right. are there are some some varying voices when it comes to the descent. Um, so I, I will I will retract my a little bit of saying they didn't invite anybody like that. So that's cool to hear. Um, and also yeah. good to hear that people are being invited and still going to go even if they were critical. So and no shade to anybody who wasn't and is like I'm still going to go. Like, God knows if I was invited to more things, I would still be attending. Yeah, um, right. Like, I don't think anybody should bemoan the people who are invited and no. going. But I think it's very healthy and good to be skeptical about not only the motives, but also what the fuck yeah. is this about? Because Wizards is keeping their mouth shut on yeah. what this actually is. Which is not and a thing that they do. <laughs> which is not a thing that they do. And also, they they're coming off of a really big controversy where one of the bi- one of people's biggest criticisms and one of the things I loved by the three black halfling interview and also the GDD interview that they did with um well their PR person essentially that they put yeah. it wasn't PR but yeah. like who they made the PR face of that situation they like both of those interviews asked why didn't like why did you go radio silent that arguably made it worse and he said yeah we shouldn't have done that um and we're probably we're definitely probably not going to do that again and now yeah, i are. hear <laughs> wink um because now they have not over a controversial uh, thing but uh, over something that when wizards are secretive about something we don't think it's like ooh spicy like i'm so excited now we think what the fuck are they up to what are they yeah. doing and we're, we're way more skeptical now they're not reading the room properly again and you <laughs> gotta like, believe that they were told like hey you guys need to be fucking careful because this movie is coming yeah. out soon like yeah. get your shit yeah. together so i'm guessing this is like uh attempted at like more of a mainstream mea culpa rather than like to the audience thing where yeah. it's like no see mm-hmm. we are listening and you might have heard from your nerdier friend that we don't listen to the community but we just had our creator summit look at all these people like no we're listening go see the movie it's got hugh grant yeah, uh, <laughs> listening to people with real, who have bigger audiences which is a good that's a you can't fault was the coast for doing that either because like that's what a lot of big companies yeah they go to influencers with big audiences yeah. like 100 percent. i think just the combination of it is just a little yeah. funky it's it's a little it's more than a little sus <laughs> I think it's, it's healthy to be skeptical but uh but moving on to a little bit of a similar conjecture uh in our eye of the beholder section this is where we give our like our specific opinions on things that not so quantifiable but there are some sources here and to talk about and listen you brought this from me linda Codega was talking about how she also was not invited to something like this but she wouldn't go to something like this anyways the way that it's being 
um, given access to because it specifically is like, well, we give you tickets, we put you up, well, you know, you get a goodie bag when you walk in the door. And a lot of journalists, that goes against their code of ethics personally, but also for a lot of the outlets that they actually work for, is you can't take money and even goods or services for these types of things because you're not going to give an object- objective opinion. And even if you do, it will seem like it's not. It's a pretty common journalistic standard. Um, and how she's not necessarily throwing yeah. shade at a lot of the people that that are attending and going to do this, but it automatically makes you should take the opinion of them with a grain of salt. Um, and we're moving closer and closer to the influencer hustler culture being just side by side with the journalistic one. Um, we're like, well, I get my news from the guy who was paid to attend this event and do the red carpet and all of that stuff. Um, so it, it lends to corporate manipulation of, of the marketing of the audience. And, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, also, like I said, uh, Linda Codega put up a really good thread about it. She is an awesome journalist. You should go check out that thread. Uh, she does amazing reporting for io9 Gizmodo. Uh, one of my favorite journalists out there. So go check out that whole thread. I'm not going to read it here verbatim. That's the gist of it. I'd love to hear from you too. I think one correction. I think Linda Kodiga does go by they, them. Program. Oh, thank you so much. Perhaps I appreciate I it. Yes. But yeah, I, I also saw this. I also saw this thread and I just read it this morning. And I think they make a lot of really great points about how, um, like they, Wizards of the Coast is specifically not inviting journalists to this. They're specifically inviting <laughs> influencers and D and D, uh, people who have like a, a bigger investment in D&D being successful and it's it's a really interesting perspective on it that like I think is very refreshing and I've seen people agree and disagree with Linda on this and I it, it's a, just a very fascinating <laughs> just conversation to have I think because I I get where they're coming from because um and and also just because we don't know a lot it's really like this specific part of the conversation is um you shouldn't really bemoan influencers for being not only invited to this but also Wizards of the Coast for doing this because they they want their creations to be liked by people who have big influence and so obviously they wouldn't invite people if they really if they don't they want to invite people so that they get the most reach and the most possible positive publicity and so they don't invite more journalists because they will give more objective opinions which is i don't know it's it's murky the whole situation is kind of murky i think 100 percent. well like so i see a lot of the dissenting opinions versus linda cadega was like well you're gatekeeping the news then you're saying oh i can't cover it because i'm being paid to be there and i think that's a lot of people that don't study journalism or don't have that into it but also like you're allowed to get the news from whatever source you want. You're saying that you shouldn't mm-hmm. listen to somebody just because they're paid to be there does seem a little gatekeepy if you're not on the inside and going, well, that can you know upset the integrity of it. I completely understand that, people. Um, the reason why I err more on the side of agreeing with them is because, uh, like Linda said, 
it's one of the most popular TTRPGs in the world. That brand recognition works for influencers too, and you're missing out, and your like your influence mm-hmm. is going to lower because you weren't invited. So because you don't mm-hmm. get to deliver that news to your audience, they're going to go somewhere else for it. They're going to go towards the people who were paid to attend, um, which just bolsters that brand influence and why it can be really dangerous that they get to pick who attends this this summit and uh they those people were paid to be there they're going to be inherently more positive even if they're not necessarily with their take they still were paid to be there i'm going to be happier if someone gave me food and then delivered mm-hmm. bad news to me if i wasn't fed you know like it's really hard to help and i'm not saying those people can't be objective but it's more difficult to be it's difficult to say for sure because we've never been invited to something like this. So you like to say that, like, when you're invited to something, you're still going to give your honest opinion. Like, it doesn't matter how much they whine and dine you or whatever. It's just like, yeah, that that might be 100% true for some people, but it also might not be true for other people. And you have no way of knowing which is which. I mean, I have been yeah. I have been to press events for stuff, but they were all much lower scale, much local stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was usually already working for a company um but i'm not gonna lie like uh, so i worked for big motor companies and when i was wined and dined for which products we were gonna buy i went with the people often that gave me free shit and again that says more about my scruples working for a large company because it wasn't my dime right i wasn't reporting people with journalistic integrity it's a very different situation but i can attest to like well i don't know those guys gave me better food um their products the same price let's go with them but would that be just a Terry thing? One hundred percent. That's what that I'm saying. Is- like that's what I'm saying. Like that's purely me, and it's a different situation. I just want to. I just wanted to throw it out. Like I've been invited to shit. People give me food sometimes. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but but like there is the part. Like like Shara, I think you brought up a good point. We don't know either way because we don't go to these types of events. But also. Mm-hmm you don't know if you wouldn't be objective it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the particle explanation right like if you're observing it you can't be objective you're already affecting the experiment so if you're there you're already you can't say whether or not you're being objective because you're there and you were paid to be by that event coordinator you know so it, there's no way to know and i like i said i don't necessarily believe linda is right or wrong i think it's an opinion that's what i put it why i put it in our mm-hmm. opinion yeah. section Lisa, what's your take on this? I think it's creating a very interesting sort of um, hierarchy within TTRPGs or within D&D specifically because it is who gets access to whatever it is that this content creation thing is. And I've already seen people who consider themselves to be like an integral part of you know ttrpg space and being in that who did not get the invite who are now struggling with the fact of like it's creating like this elitism right and a a social hierarchy of who is good enough quote-unquote good enough and Mm. deemed as good enough by wizards of the coast that they like see you as important enough for you to attend this secret party thing that they didn't even announce so it's creating an inside circle within the ttrpg space whether or not they meant to do that but it's 
it's creating like a, a power structure. A power and not to sound hierarchy. more conspiratorial, but that's a great way to tamp out like uh, um, dissenting voices, right? Like you yeah. don't have the news, like like I mentioned, like like Linda uh, Kadega mentioned, like uh, if you're not one of those people, your audience is going to go get that news somewhere else. They're going to go get it from one of the people who were invited. You do that enough, mm-hmm. now that person doesn't have an audience, and they were pretty critical of you. You know, like so. Yeah. It, it's hard, even if that's not their goal, it's still going to yeah. happen to a certain I extent. I think, I hate that I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I hate Listen, the devil like, doesn't need an advocate, Sade. Do, they don't. They don't, <laughs> and I hate people who do this, but I do want to say, because I think the TTRPG community, like every community, already had its groups before, sure. and it already had this kind of elitist structure, mm-hmm. but now that it's being reinforced by Wizards of the Coast, yeah. I think that's I, I think I, it's definitely still a problem. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was about to agree with you. I think the fact that we already had um, sort of like, we well, we've seen what happened with Satine Phoenix. She was like iconized and sort of seen as this big creator. And, you know, but, you know, things happened and we found out that, oh, actually we shouldn't iconize people. But mm-hmm. we do have in the TTRPG space, whether or not you call them celebrities, we do have notable people who are prominent in the industry. You have people like Matt Mercer. You have people like Brendan Mulligan. Like, they are notable people. Mm-hmm. And um, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> well, no, I think you're you're pointing out just, like, there is a hierarchy. Like, yeah. you have names that you can think of. Yeah. And, and like, it, it emphasizes that this is the hierarchy and you know there are quote-unquote celebrities and you know they get things from wizards of the coast Mm -hmm. and like this is nothing to do with the people that were invited either no i would have gone i would have gone (laughs) and like good for them like that sounds like an amazing opportunity and i hope everybody who is invited uses this opportunity to what for whatever reason they've been invited get feedback or ask questions because i've seen a couple of people who've been posting about this asking their audience for questions so i'm like okay is it a q and a again i don't know what this is nobody knows what this is but i hope that they're using it as a positive experience and hopefully many of them are but yeah to the outside eye when we don't know much about it and reinforcing this kind of this hierarchy within a very small community there, there are positives and there are negatives. You know, it's a very mixed, murky kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to know what the outcome of this is, obviously, until either after it's happened. Maybe they're live streaming it. I don't know. Like, we nobody knows anything. So keeping our eyes on it and then being skeptical. <laughs> right. Because yeah. always skeptical of Wizards of the Coast. As and those and Linda's whole point that they were trying to make on there, and again, sorry for, for uh doing the wrong pronouns here um but their entire point that they were trying to make is that no one's neutral and if you're invited even if you're going to go there and be critical you're still talking about it and you're creating buzz in your community by going Mm -hmm. hey i'm going to this thing ask me questions i'm going to go so like there's they're already doing it you're already falling into that trap and linda is kind of as well not that they're being hypocritical by but by saying like hey here's the issue with events like this 
um when it's not mm-hmm. just like a journal like a uh, journalistic like depot like like some sort of press junket is hey now we're talking about it and generating buzz for something that otherwise would have had a more critical lens on it so it's it's impossible to be objective i would love to hear what the people in the community think if you're on patreon talk to us that way twitter uh, you can email us can't be killed creations at gmail.com. I just I want to hear what other people think because like like Lissa said, is this just a Terry thing? You know, like um and like I said too, I'm not a journalist. I know we'd kind of do a news show here, but it's more of just it's fun to talk about the TTRPG space and I love you know spotlighting creators and stuff. I wouldn't say I'm a journalist and I have had journalistic jobs and I appreciate the ones who try and strive for that objectivity. I know sometimes it seems like gatekeeping, but a lot of those ethics that they teach you at those journalistic like uh, schools goes a long way in making sure that you have some sort of scruple when it comes to reporting this. And the fact that IO9 often doesn't go to events because they're paid to Gizmodo doesn't. Uh, that's why I still get my news from them, even though their website is shit and they're, the people who own that company and run it are fucking awful. Uh, but the journalists <laughs> that they employ are very good at what they do often. So, mm-hmm. and that's that's my standard for news, right? That's not everyone's standard for news. So mm-hmm. I would just love to hear from other people. Um, any other thoughts before we move on? Uh, just again, overemphasizing like the other points that you mentioned earlier by earlier by Laura Hurst what is it? Her Hurstbrunner and Ginny Loveday about how telling it is that it's just influencers being invited and not people who are like project managers, designers, editors, artists, sensitivity consultants and stuff as well. Or if they are invited people don't know about it exactly but that tells you exactly like like lissa said like what this is supposed to be this is just a pr stunt this is not a hey let's hear from the voices right like we talked about wanting Mm -hmm. to do they're gonna say it is you know Mm -hmm. that's that's a common pr thing that they're gonna do but it's not what it is you're not having creators and editors and artists and people who make these books whether for DD or in other spaces that's not what this is um it's it's really hard to say oh you're hearing from those people um when they're not represented and they actually make the game and that's kind of a thing that is spotlighted often like D made this book no a bunch of writers a bunch of editors you know a bunch of artists got together put this you know math people also get left out a lot like designers uh <laughs> yeah. being there mm-hmm. um the- those people that often are left out of the conversation of who made these games and they don't get a big event like this you know so mm-hmm. it's frustrating on a number of levels and it's important to talk about and know that's not what this is i think it is partly why people who are mad about it aren't saying like oh don't go or don't don't listen to it or don't pay attention to it that's not that it's just hey how come you should ask yourself why is this happening and not the thing that should be happening which is talking about all the issues we had earlier in the year and the year before with the most recent games why isn't that the focus rather than this big PR stunt for one D&D, basically? You cut out a little bit for me. Oh, no! Did I cut Same. out for you? Yeah. yeah. No! We were doing so well. <laughs> you were doing so well. Uh, we all were doing really well. I know. All I was saying was that it's just a little upsetting that they're not focusing on the issues yeah. that they should have been, like, from this year and last year, and not mm-hmm. having a summit for those people. And instead, it's a big PR mm-hmm. stunt. So it's just... It's frustrating and annoying, and uh, it is what it is. We can't do anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. 
Thank you for letting me know that I was moving on. I apologize, <laughs> Linda, for getting your pronouns incorrect. I read all of your stuff. This is really shitty of me. <laughs> I should have paid attention to the byline better. Um, be a better person, apologize for it, and move on. Um, sorry, that was not me yelling at me. That was yelling at some people who doubled down on stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I see a lot. Like, well, I did. Yeah. This is like, fuck it. You made a mistake. People make mistakes. It's okay. You don't have to yeah, fucking fine. double down on it. The more you dwell, the more you dwell on it. You know, the more you make it about you. Yeah, and it's not about the person. Yeah. You know? God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> man, one of these times we're gonna get through one of these episodes without going super philosophic for like twenty minutes. That's a really high bar. One day, <laughs> maybe, but um, not today. I think it's our yeah. fault for having a straight white guy on the podcast. Really, is the issue because it's just those things are going to pop blood. up quite often. Um, you know? All in favor of kicking Terry off the podcast? <laughs> I have two hands up, but no one can oh, see, okay. which is why we have to keep making the podcast. Is so we've got. Oh, <laughs> It doesn't make sense, but we're going to move past it and keep going. Um, okay. Next, <laughs> our next section is our Bardic Inspiration <laughs> section. This is where we talk about all of the, the media inspired by D&D and ties into it. First up, Critical Role turns eight. What the hell, That's man? Not, We're so fucking old. Nuts. I cannot believe that. <laughs> I remember when I was like, people are going to play Same. D&D on Back Twitch. In my age. Yeah. In my age. I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. And I didn't think it worked for me personally but so many people did i remember when it started to pick up steam again i was like i watched a little bit of that people like that i just couldn't i was like it's like five hours long i'd rather just go play DD. i luckily had a DD group you so had a many group people, exactly yeah didn't what yeah watching critical role is what got me to really start seeking out groups because i didn't have a group to play with when i first started we watching. invited you to our group you son of a bitch you did and you you put it on a day when i was working and I then, then you moved to the uk me. you know like <laughs> trying to blame us because you moved across the sea you invited Ooh, me to your group yeah, you invited me to your group, and you asked what days worked, and I said Sundays are the only weekend day that works for me, and you're like, oh, yikes, sorry, Sunday's the only work day that works for everybody else, so we're going to play without you. Yep. So that's what happened. Don't blame us. And then, and then I, I am absolutely you blaming of, you. Well, then, no, no, listen here. <laughs> I know where you live, and if the roads thaw out, I'm going to come and throw stuff at you. <laughs> And then I moved to England, so I couldn't play with you because I was in England, and then I started my own group. Just admit that you hated us. Just admit it, that you didn't want to do yeah, it because you were cooler 100%. than the rest of us, even though it was all of your yeah. best friends playing with me, and I was actually the new guy. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah Ter Terry, but guess what? She made a new best friend. Oh! oh I, think, I think it would be a big burn if that was like something to brag about, but it was Lissa. So, you know what I mean? Like, so let's let's Ow. bring it down to a level of of Ow. appropriate just Lisa like that she's the best of us <laughs> yeah well, that's a low bar dude okay like that's the bar is on the floor <laughs> but anyway critical role turned eight critical role <laughs> turned eight oh, like, also don't act like you don't fucking love playing D, D with me now like i know you could go back and be like i should have been playing he's awesome no one's ever I said that i couldn't but... because you played <laughs> <laughs> anyways though you're right critical role has turned a how excited are you that this is happening how old do you feel so old i i still can't believe it when i saw that at first i was like oh, it seems like it'd be older than that but i'm like no, no. eight like that's still that is crazy uh what does that put it at 2015 yeah 
Yeah, because it was it, it premiered the yeah. year I graduated from undergrad. So that's 2015. Man, that's so awesome. Uh, that they've been going and they they've made such an impact on the community. Like you can't even if you don't watch the show, you can't pretend you're like, oh, Critical Role's not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's almost synonymous with the community at this point, and which I think is both good and bad. It's great because it gets more people interested. They have their own. I mean, Amazon show now, so like it gets more people playing the game, which is awesome. But then you know it has the flip side, which is a whole other topic for another time of like the matt mercer very effect. high stand matt the matt mercer effect which i think is personally kind of over exaggerated and made well, up, well at least at our tables we, we haven't seen it but i know some people true. are like i'm sure you know. yeah i've seen stories on reddit and i'm sure that people are not like making them up just for clout because who would because they're very specific kind of stories but i don't <laughs> think it's as far reaching of a thing but that's a topic for another time another episode but you're but well. you're not wrong though right like, and it's the same thing like he comes with some expectations of you have this gigantic thing that people know D D of is just from critical mm-hmm. role and they sit down and play and even if it's not the matt mercer effect of someone trying to be like matt mercer if you for context mm-hmm. it's people gming in his gm style um which mm-hmm. is very specific to his table but there's also the like you know you've been at my table i can't do voices i can't do accents i try and that's usually you do enough. an irish accent sometimes yeah dude so that character was more fun because like it was quiet that's probably the only accent like that I can do consistently. Um, and yeah. a few other ones I, I can kind of do, but I think I worry a little bit of it being offensive or mm-hmm. not good enough to where it wouldn't be offensive, right? Like just me attempting it um, comes off a little bit as, oh, that's either appropriating or it's just not good. You know, like I'm not a voice yeah. actor. And when you watch Critical Role, it's a table full of fucking voice actors. So yeah. <laughs> there's a pressure, not just on the GM, but like on everybody. Like I don't want to do a voice because it's not as good as, laura bailey which no one can be as good as laura bailey as laura bailey <laughs> laura bailey is an icon for a reason it's, it's like the unfair beauty standards you're like i don't look like yeah. kim kardashian like well no one does that's a lot of work being kim done kardashian doesn't look like kim kardashian exactly <laughs> like don't hold yourself up to that standard so it's there is a little bit difficult there yeah. but aside from those few critiques and some of the things that have happened in their game with representations like like the like the marisha ray thing um from the second season like there are and i no, not saying it was from calamity is what it was um well, no no it, it's it's definitely from the second season. is it the second season too i was thinking of exandria unlimited but is it from the mighty I, nine that was well, also um, if you're talking about her character beau regard that's from critical role campaign two who oh okay Regard is a person of color i believe i was thinking of and when she was lou wilson's kid Oh, no, I... that wasn't. No, I'm confusing. That wasn't Marisha Ray. That was just a similar problem. That was mm. that was some other people at the table. That was in Dimension Twenty. I'm just confusing because uh, Lou popped up in there. I don't follow Lou Critical Role. <laughs> yeah, Lou is the fucking best. Um, no, I'm confusing two different controversies. But uh, yeah, you're right. That was from uh the second, which was the Mighty Nine. Yeah, Mighty Nine. Yeah. Right. Now the conversation got rebrought up because the Mighty Nine is going to be adapted for TV. Are they going to recast? I don't think they are. That's no. interesting. That's I again. Well, I don't think her, I'm the one to speak on. I, I it's her character. I understand, but it's her know. character. But I'll, yeah, I think it's a bigger conversation that they're probably going to maybe address at some point. But I don't know. I just I know that there has been conversations happening specifically around the time that it was announced. But mm-hmm. but but even like with those controversies and stuff, you still can't pretend like their impact hasn't been huge over the no. last eight years. If you think Critical Role hasn't had an impact, you're 
if you don't think they changed everything, just like nine eleven, critical role changed everything. You're, you're wrong, because they changed everything. They changed everything. Lissa, <laughs> <laughs> does Critical Role turning eight do anything for you? Um, I mean, I I I would say no on a personal level, but it it goes. The only thing that it does for me, it goes to show that you. In order to make a big dent in anything, you have to work long and hard for it. Like, I don't know how long people have, um, well, I don't, I don't know how long Critical Role has been, like, publicly, like, big or whatever, but, like, it's been there for a long time. That's eight years of content that they've been doing, and look at where they are now. So if you're comparing it to somebody who's starting an actual play or something and you know within one year they don't see that kind of growth Mm -hmm. anywhere it's not to say that their product is bad it's not to say that you're doing badly because Mm -hmm. it took critical role eight years to get where they are yeah and so like that's what it mainly does for me like i appreciate critical role for what it is but it personally for me, um, I like the TV show. I do not watch <laughs> the actual play. Um, yeah, it, it it turned eight. Yes, great. Okay, can we, move on now? <laughs> we sure can. Worlds Beyond Numbers smashing records. Um, they broke records on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Patreon. They hit some like like twenty five thousand backers, and it's not an official number, but the number that they were getting within Patreon and what they talked about on their most recent fireside chat on Patreon was that internally they're being called the fastest growing Patreon um, ever. So, yes, um, but again, that's not an official number, and they don't have the numbers necessarily they need to make that an official claim, um, but that's still what they're, what they've been told. Um, that's really the news story. I freaking love it. Like, uh, I've listened to the entire children's campaign on their Patreon, as well as the one publicly available episode that starts the new campaign that is available on all podcast networks. I loved it. What did, uh, what did you think, Shar? I know you definitely listened to it by now (laughs) after saying that you were really excited about it. Uh, well, here's the thing, Terry. There's a fucking blizzard outside and what I just say last episode. Me not listen podcasts as I go on a walk. Wow, um, <laughs> I'm just saying that lot, sounds like a lot of excuses and not a lot of results. Is all I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> it is 100 percent an excuse, but um, that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but I'm loving it so far. It's super like poignant, and I cry several different times per episode. I know it's not saying much. I know I cry a lot, um, <laughs> but it's just very moving. And you have a couple of voice actors on there. Uh, Abria and Erica have done voice acting. Lou does some voice acting and improv brennan has done a ton of improv you're still holding yourself to a specific standard if you go listen to that and go oh i wish my game was like that um (laughs) but it's cool to see them kind of do their own thing and play in a very long-term game versus like what they do on dimension 20 or in vampire the masquerade or even anything over on critical role this is meant to be a very long-running campaign um similar to a home game kind of like how critical role started um, which is really exciting to see them do their own thing, get rewarded for it. I hope it doesn't mean any of these people stop popping up on Dimension 20. I'd cry because I fucking love that too. 
but I highly recommend it. Uh, it's very, very sweet. Um, I would say there's a lot more heartfelt moments in it versus some other D&D. And it's also still very hilarious if you like the comedy from Dimension 20. So I think they deserve all of the records that they're smashing. It's super cool. Um, are you going to listen to it, either one of you? I will eventually. I will. <laughs> I will definitely recommend listening to the children's campaign if you did enjoy it. It's an extra eight hours of content for five bucks. Wow. Yeah, I I know it's not in the level of critical role. They've been going for eight years, five hours a week, um, consistently. I'm not so. caught up on critical role either. How so could I'm you? Like no, good... there's not enough time in the universe. No one is. No, I I listen. You, the math people will tell me I'm wrong. No one has seen every single episode of Critical Role. There's not enough time in the day. It's just I'm impossible. Sure... I'm 100% sure there are some, but they are so They're time travelers. Far between. They have yeah. a time turner, a la Hermione. Like, that's the only way yeah. physically to do <laughs> it. Hermione's time turner. You can't, yeah, you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the only way that that's possible. Or you listen to it at <laughs> 3.5 speed. Ooh, that's a that's a thought. Maybe that's how I can get caught up. That's Ooh. how you do it. I've heard <laughs> I've heard specifically that um, Regal is only standable if you do it at three point five speed. <laughs> I think wow. I've stand Sam Regal since I saw him in campaign <laughs> one. So, a lot of people have. So that's why I wanted to upset the most amount of people with the things. Yeah, who, you target anyone and you'll have an army of stands. I kind of target like, most yeah. people though. I feel like I can be the lightning rod for us. By the way, um, a lightning rod that. I don't want to be i've learned how to pronounce it correctly tian sha did i get it tian sha <laughs> okay i apologize i went to their their wiki and i was like how do i pronounce this um you tried i tried i apologize anyone who's like you're fucking stupid i i know like <laughs> you don't have to tell me but i no, thought i'd I give it a second that. chance I mean, this is coming from somebody who, as a child, started learning how to pronounce um, things in Chinese. So, um, like, it it takes a while. Sure, sure, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't try to get it right. Like, using yeah, using yeah, my white breadness, it shouldn't be an excuse. You know, what I mean, it's a reason. It's not an excuse. Yeah, do your uh, best. <laughs> do your best. Um, but, uh, final story of this week, D&D releases Honor Among Thieves character sheets for some of the popular characters within the movie. I say popular, like, we, like, we all love them already. We haven't seen the film yet. Um, but, like, <laughs> Hugh Grant's character, Chris Pine's character, etc. So, is this exciting for you, Shar? You're gonna use these characters in your next campaign? Um, I will know when I see the movie, and maybe if I like them maybe <laughs> yes if i if i dig the movie they'll pop up in our forgotten realms game at some point fuck yeah Be like, like I, I love like that's why i play in worlds like that sometimes is like if it's shared universe like what's the point right like i play in a lot yeah, of what's the uh, point if you can't run into people that are from that game yeah that's the know? fun of having that type of world like i remember when we were gonna do our next D game um before we we transitioned to GURPS just because of availability of people you you specifically i was like i think i want to do another fantasy thing and you're like hey can we do more forgotten realms so my other character can show up and and like the, the information <laughs> i've learned about forgotten realms is valuable 
valuable. Like that's that's why you <laughs> do those things, you know. Yeah. I play in a lot of IP worlds where the fun of it is that you do know who Optimus Prime is, you know. Like like you're playing Transformers, it's cool if you're in that same world because that knowledge is valuable and it means something and you have that nostalgia factor. So I'm excited for people who freaking love that movie and are loving playing Forgotten Realms. They can pull up those characters, play as them perhaps, or even just have them as NPCs. It's exciting and I think a good piece of tie-in at a terrible time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great I mean, this is a great piece of like no-brainer marketing for D D. Like, of course they would put out character sheets, of course they would put out official art, of course they would make it free and available on D D Beyond. But um how many people have re-upped their D D Beyond? Yeah, you that's an interesting question. Do I can I just sign in without yeah. updating? Yeah, cause... exactly. Cause that I would do like if I just need to sign in, I'll do that. Like I'm not I'm not so against never, it, you know. Maybe maybe I'll try it because I've never subscribed to them ever. They don't have any of my information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I do mm-hmm. have an account because I had I was linked up to people who did have. Like, well, the right, I think I think we have that for our campaign, don't we? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like that's the only reason I really had an account. Um. So I will. I'll be our guinea pig. Yeah. Sign and in and send me those sheets. It. I need to know what Chris Pine's charisma is. Twenty-seven. That's the only acceptable answer. I'll also accept thirty or infinity. Uh, I would love to play a character with a thirty charisma. <laughs> Chardonnay, you already do. Um, in real I'll life. Play one with a twenty. No, in real oh, life, Chardonnay, your charisma uh, is thirty to me. Um, <laughs> and as we've <laughs> already established on this podcast as the only straight white guy on here my opinion matters most so it, it matters mm. most yeah <laughs> what a heart what a heart oh, i can do it <laughs> i can do it oh, like, i man. got the character sheets all right <laughs> send them. them over send them over share that password netflix style <laughs> You just need a D&D Beyond account and you can get them yourself. You don't say nothing. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. man. Well, let's wrap this up with a little piece of BS. Sharday, what are you doing lately other than playing D&D? I found out that Chris Pine's charisma is 18. Ooh, that's a Ooh. good, that's still good. That's a good charisma. That's pretty good. That's still pretty good. What um, level are they? Well, I, that, I, hold oh. on, before we move on, Ooh, I gotta know what a- level it is. Well, they have CR ratings. Ah, uh, it's not like character. They're not. Sheet they're not a character sheet. They're block. they're a stat block. It's a monster character blocks. sheet. So uh, we can. Chris st- Pine is stab- CR five. Oh, you know that's CR that's appropriate five. for just an adventure. Yeah, I think yeah, CR five, CR five. Okay, uh, Sophenia, who is a red wizard of Thay, is fifteen. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, is it the, the bad guy in the, the movie? I think one of them. I mean, yeah, got it. The I red wizards aren't red good guys, so yeah. she gives yeah. sinister vibes. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Um, the paladin character Zenik Yendar, who is one of the PCs, I think, is a CR ten, so he's actually the strongest one out of the PCs, <laughs> which is interesting. Okay. Um, and then CR eight for uh, Hugh Grant. Okay. He's got to be some sort no. of. Uh, oh big my wig, god, he has a charisma of twenty. I knew it. I knew he was going to. He's a mastermind, I believe, is what mm-hmm. they were saying about him. So. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Anyway, what have I been doing? Um, I have been back on my Stardew Valley bullshit. Time, <laughs> and not working on the Lurie right. I I got Kinsey burnout because I played it every day for a month. 
that's fair. It's I mean, it's a big game though, right? I've only played it's like huge. the first twenty minutes of it, but Oh, it's great. And like the prologue in that game is like six hours long, so really like you don't even get past childhood for like six hours. It's a great game. I still recommend Kinseed to most people, but I think I burn myself out real quickly. And I still go back to it occasionally. I'm just not playing it every day anymore. Right. I just need to be in the mood for it. Like with most other games I have. So back to Stardew. Are you doing mods or are you going vanilla again? Of course i'm doing mods what do you take me for <laughs> a pleb <laughs> i apologize <laughs> i'm also trying to get lissa into mods i started making her i started sending her um different nexus mod links literally last night um, <laughs> to, <laughs> so that she can also come to the dark side of mods because also the great thing about stardew valley if you didn't know this if you played on pc you can still have achievements if you have mods with certain settings so yeah if you're an achievement person, and sometimes when you do mods, it turns off achievements, not with Stardew. I don't so. know anybody who's a big achievement hunter on Steam. I know many on Xbox, many on PlayStation. Um, like, in the middle. Like, I like doing stuff for achievements if I if it's a game that I really like. Mm-hmm. And I, like, it's a new set type of challenge. But if it's, I don't do it for every game, though. Like, I have to genuinely like the game to want to try to do everything mm-hmm. in it and get the achievements. So, like, Stardew, mm-hmm. Divinity, Original Sin 2, and that's about it. Where <laughs> are you I at with Baldur's Gate 3? Have you been playing any of more of the early access stuff? or I haven't played any of it because my computer is old. Yeah, that's a good point. I, like, you know, I say that, I'm like, oh, no, you're, you wouldn't be able to play it. But, uh, it, you know, it's got I need fully a... announced for all of the different consoles, so... I know. I'm so excited. I'm. I'm hopefully. Go- I'm gonna start saving up for a new, the new Xbox console, so I can have it ready and ready. You can get it. You can get the game. Series S right now for 150 dollars if you have a Verizon account or a friend who has a Verizon account. Um, it's a very, good very know. good deal if you just want to be able to play games. You don't have to like see it in the best graphics ever or whatever. Um, Xbox Series S perfectly capable with Game Pass and stuff, so I do recommend that deal if it's still active, which I believe it is. I think it's active for another month. So um, Series S is the new one, or yeah. is it Series X? No, Series S and X are both the new ones. It the S is just a uh, not as strong as the X. Okay, and I, yeah, and I believe the, the it might be discless named, as well. The way that they've named the new consoles is very confusing. So I will definitely look into that. <laughs> Because uh, my dad has a Verizon account, so... Um, oh, there you go. For 150 bucks, you can get yourself a Series S. That would be amazing. I will look into that later. But anyway, what's Lissa's BS? Because we've been talking too much about me, and I mean, I know that's everybody's favorite for topic. Me? But <laughs> for me? Uh, the one with 30 charisma. Uh, but it's Ooh. Lissa's <laughs> I gotta stop giving you compliments. I remember now why. <laughs> a mistake was made. <laughs> Mistakes Can't were made today. Can't take it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have I been doing? That was what we asked you. Um, and then... You, you cut out there, Alyssa. What have you been doing? Oh, I started watching Umbrella Academy. Ooh, that's a good one. I enjoy the Umbrella uh, Academy. Yeah, I, I thought it was stupid. Like, I started... <laughs> I started... <laughs> well, fuck I me, then, right? Jesus. <laughs> I tried watching it, like, previously, and mm-hmm. then I watched, like, part of the first episode, and I was like, no, this is stupid, I can't watch this, and I made, like, a whole deal about it, and then that I got sounds like the first you. episode, yeah, yeah, um, what do you mean? I'm perfectly, <laughs> uh, logical and fair mm-hmm. to TV shows. Of I don't course. have opinions. Uh, no, um, why would you? 
then I've been watching. Oh, I started Snowpiercer as well. What's so, that? Uh, the world is ending. People are all stuck on one train with 1,001 cars long. And things happen. The rich people live at the front of the train and very nice yeah. trains. The poor people live in the back of the train live and basically in the back. like crappy uh, hobo cars. Yeah. They're stuck in the back. There's a whole system. There's second class, third class, and they're all stuck on a train, and things happen, you know? Based on a ending. comic book that was then transitioned to a movie that has now that been transitioned now to a, a show. show. And they're yeah. all good, honestly. Like, I had no complaints about all of them. Chris Evans is in the movie, um, so there's that. But they're all very nice. good. What else have I been doing? I played, or I'm still playing, rather, um, Horizon Zero Dawn and enjoying that i have uncovered one third of the map sounds about right yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm still playing the same games i'm playing divinity 2 still with Shorday. um yeah. recently got back into stardew valley um nice. and maybe i'm going to add mods to it but <laughs> i am Update on Stardew Valley. I am in year four, and I have not finished the community center. Apparently, that's a bad thing. <laughs> that is a bad. How bad? It's not bad. Like, you're not a bad person per se. I definitely think less of you for that. But um, it's interesting. More like, what have you been doing instead? Like, you, are you I rich as fuck? Her. She got in, you. You gave me an answer yesterday, though. You finally figured out what you have been doing. Yeah, I, I make friends with everyone. I have. Oh, full that's perfectly I have, acceptable. I have, full, I have full hearts with everyone except I'm currently working on jazz. I'm one heart short. Well, that's super um, sweet, though. Like that's not a bad way to play the game. Like you don't have to complete the community center. The bad way to play the game is if you go over to the mart and you help that out instead. That's that's wrong. I mean, Shardy and have and I have a game where we are going to be JoJo mm-hmm. women, but um, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet, though. We're we haven't gotten there up. yet. We're, We're both putting it off. I'll have to replace you both on the podcast uh, when that happens. I just We're can't doing it because we just want to know what happens. Nothing it's good. A, Nothing good. <laughs> That's like when you play Undertale and you start murdering people. People get mad. Well. As they should. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a, um, but no, that, that's a perfectly acceptable way. It was just more surprising. Like year four, you haven't done it. Like what? Like that's a lot. But if you're just if you're focusing on, on being everyone's friend, like that's a good I don't way like to do. I don't like fishing, and I don't remember to go to the cart. Like how else am I supposed? The to fishing is one of the hardest ones because it's like yeah. you got to go at night when it's raining, and you got to run halfway across the map. And like, yep. That stuff's yeah, difficult. Yeah, like you actually have to catch them. Yeah. And that that mini game is just yeah, I I maintain hard. it's easier. I played Stardew on Xbox and I played it on PC. It's way easier on Xbox. One one hundred percent easier on a controller. Button mashing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're but if you're used to button mashing on any sort of like console, it's a lot easier. But on PC, it's it's torture. <laughs> <laughs> uh well i've been doing a lot of similar stuff i haven't been playing stardew again i played a little bit of kin seed inscription um baldur's gate just because i was in the mood i've been playing a lot of jrpgs on my switch like chained echoes is really good little indie rpg if you like chrono trigger uh really good vibes of that um i started playing control again recently which is a big like brutalist uh call of cthulhu inspired um um ipc isp what's the 
um, SCP, very SCP inspired. You know, you got items that are creepy and walking around this big facility and they're haunted for some reason. Um, made by the people who did Alan Wake. Very, very fun game. Lots of cool short stories in there as well that are creepy. They're just hanging out with my kids, writing comic books. I've been in pitch mode, so I haven't been doing a shit ton of other fun stuff, like catching up on shows other than watching The Last of Us, which is really, really good if you Ooh, like the yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been watching The Last of Us too? Up. I haven't I been s- caught up, but I, I'm like halfway through, I think. Yeah, same. I started it. Oh, I'm so excited that you two are watching it. We might have to do a little like uh, Patreon after show or something once we finish the season. Yeah. I just I just need to be in the mood to cry. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm. Uh, it's been really cool because a lot of people I've said, "Hey, go check out the game," and like you either can't because you don't have a PlayStation or it's just too violent or you don't play scarier games. A lot of people are like, "I would like I like the story, but I don't want to go mm-hmm. through it." Some people have been watching it on Twitch to kind of make up for that or something. But it's been really sure. cool. All these people I've been telling for years, go check out the game. And they're like, "I don't know." I've been watching the show and getting a similar story and loving it. I'm like, "Oh, it's really heartening." Like, that people are actually enjoying The Last of Us because it's just, it's one of my favorite games of all time, both the first and the second mm-hmm. game. And people are getting to experience that finally because whether they don't play video games or don't want to, like, it's just such a story that I think needs to be out there. And I feel bad that yeah. people miss out on it because it's like, I don't play PlayStation games. Like, that's a fucking, I, it's a bigger hurdle I than watch, you think. I never played the game, but I did watch playthroughs on yeah. YouTube and stuff. So I know the story already, and I know what's going to happen. Even though they, they are changing some stuff for the show, sure. I'm still, like, familiar enough. And it is, it's a great story, and it's, it's one of those games where as soon as they said they were adapting it for TV, and they said that Neil Druckmann was going to be a part of it, I'm like, okay, that one might actually be decent. 100%. And it, is, it is. It is. It's so good. The co-show running is awesome. They've, they've made changes that I don't like. They've made changes that I do really like. I love that they've seeded part two really well. Is That's the thing that mm-hmm. they weren't able to do in the game because they didn't know they were going to be yeah. able to make a part two. So that stuff's yep. really, really exciting. And the changes to Ellie being a little bit more feral is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I dig some of that stuff. I like that it is unabashedly gay and they've only leaned mm-hmm. more into it. And I, every time it's not kind of a badge of honor for a show when it's like gets like the, the hate review bombs. I'm like, well, that's yeah. I gotta go watch that show. Then it's probably pretty dope. And People Bill and Frank, I gotta watch it. Exactly, mm-hmm. Bill and Frank's story is a big departure from the game because it's really only one or two lines to suggest that they're together. Because spoilers for the game, uh, Frank isn't alive in it, so um, that story is already gone uh, and, and done its own thing. So in the show, like having an entire love story is awesome and it, it was one of the best episodes of television i've ever seen i'm still crying about it thinking about it so um anyways go watch the last of us uh, <laughs> i'm also playing through part two so like we we played through part one leading up to it again because it's also one of my wife's favorite video games um we played it together back when, when we were just engaged before we ever got married uh so it's like really special to us and now what we do is we play part two for a few hours leading up to nine o'clock when that new episode premieres on hbo oh yeah no i'm just i'm just just like i i I want someone to like stream for me because i i I have a bunch of friends who are like um into gaming and i'm just looking to see somebody who's willing to play it so that i can just watch them play the game 
I'm sorry, buddy. I would have, uh, like, I should have let you into the world. We haven't reached that level of our friendship yet to just sit on the couch and listen to me and my wife uh, create conjecture for the show. But if that's something that you wanted, we can always do it again. We, it's a very fun game. Uh, you would get probably annoyed when I stop and read every single note, and then we talk about it for an hour and a half. No, uh, I, 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 like reading. I like reading notes and stuff and... Do you talk about it then with your partner for like an hour and and just let your horse sit there? Okay, because because yeah. that's what we do. Like, so if you're into that, then because I think our stream would very much just be Ellie sitting there on the horse reading a note and then us talking about that note and then <laughs> going, well, hold on. So what does that mean for the show? <laughs> Prime content right there. I say. I listen. It's great for us. I have a I have a very good time doing it. I never thought other people might want to uh, experience that. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you in next time. Um, yeah. So this has been the Cave Chills podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to subscribe, drop a review, do that on the, on your favorite podcast app of choice. Five stars, please. It super helps pop up in different algorithms. If you want to contact us, you can do so. Campykillcreations at gmail dot com. Or on Twitter at Cape Trolls Pod. Um, that's Trolls, T R U L L S. I've had several people now complain um, because we've grown <laughs> a little bit since the last time. Um, and they're like, well, I thought it was Trolls. I'm like, I understand why you would think that. That's not a new thing we for this network. We get that unsolvably trolls all the time. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I understand why you would think that. <laughs> but the cool thing is that people Google trolls. They're like, oh, I didn't know that was a word. It is. Uh, <laughs> Half the reason we named slovenly trolls what we did. I'm like, that's a weird word that if you Google it now, if you Google slovenly trolls now, you don't get the harlot table. You get us. You just get you, which weird. is awesome. Yeah. And that's a cool way to retake that piece of lore. We never talked about that, but we should. Um, like it's just kind of awesome that you've now taken that uh, that mantle. It's ours yeah. now. That's right, taking it back. Um, but yes, yeah, so you can check that out. You can head on over to campykillcreations.com, get all of our podcasts, including Slovenly Trolls, um, which is awesome, and you should go listen to it. If you want to get any of this content early or bonus content, like Shar's Lore Rewrites this month, uh, have you announced what we're doing yet? Yeah, it's Nymphs. Nymphs. Sean. Did I get it? No. Uh, <laughs> my computer said no. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you can get this over there. And like I said, all that early content last month, Shar redid some lore for Lolf. I did the art. Lissa does the designs. You can head on over to patreon.com slash can't be killed creations. Lots of cool stuff over there. I've already mentioned that you can find them on the Slovenly Trolls, but where else can they find you on the internet, Charday? I run the Twitter for the Slovenly Trolls at Slovenly Trolls, and you can find us there and follow us. We're almost halfway to a thousand, and that's weird. Woo! And Lissa, where can the people find you? I run the Cave Trolls podcast at Cave Trolls Pod on Twitter, and I run the Slumly Trolls Instagram, where we do not have that many followers, but I love them all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you can find me at Resident Stevel there. You can find me as T.S. Luther on your comic book shelves. I got lots of cool new comic books coming up and out um, from lots of cool publishers, so keep an eye out for me over there. I also run the Gmail, so if you want to go through me to talk to cooler people, you can do that. <laughs> um, sometimes the emails are for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's okay. 
email me. I sometimes just like to chat, you know? Just, you don't want to talk. I'm there. Uh, you also have our form submission over on our website. I answer those as well. So I will forward your email to Charday if you'd like. <laughs> that happened like three different times this week, so I had to bring it up. Uh, speaking of, not that I want to advertise this before we go, but did you end up helping that person with their research paper? I did. Oh, that's so adorable. So if you want research help, you can reach out. <laughs> Campycocreations at gmail.com. We may or not <laughs> respond. We may or may not give you research consulting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, this has been the Cave Trolls Ever Out. Once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now, we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets, and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much. up on you instead of stopping the recording. How?